listening to The Currency Welcome. I'm your host, Mike Gaston, and I am thrilled to have you here. Thanks for joining us today. I have a guest that uh, I've been wanting to get on the show from the very beginning. It's still early days, and uh, so I'm excited to have Peter Platt with us. Peter Platt is the president of a company called Accountable Digital. And I want to talk about the name, the brand, Accountable Digital. It's one of the things about Peter's business that I find uh, really refreshing in the space that he's in. But let me give you a little bit of a bio on Peter. He's a 30-year veteran of the agency business and has been involved in internet marketing since the early 1990s. He was also one of the first 100 people certified in the Google AdWords program in 2004. I think that's quite a, I think that's quite an accomplishment. Peter's experience brings together a unique combination of business development, account management technology, and strategic planning skills. He provides an active voice to the internet marketing community, blogging and writing for iMedia, presenting an array of, at an array of conferences. Uh, he's presented at Media Post and iMedia, as well as providing specific sessions on social search and other forms of internet marketing. Peter Plow, welcome to The Currency. Hey, Mike. Great. Uh, thank you for that intro. And, you know, my my follow-up line every time I talk about the fact that I was one of the first hundred people certified in AdWords, as I say, and they sent me a hat. So <laughs> I have a, a lovely Google certified professionals hat from uh, That's AdWords. fantastic. <laughs> it reminds me of the, uh, you know, my parents went to Cancun and all I got was this lousy t-shirt. <laughs> Yeah, that's kind of the same sort of thing. You know, it's sort of yeah. like, wow, you know, spend all this money with Google and things like that. But, you know, they, they have been a great partner over the years. So I, I don't mean to belittle it, but it is kind of funny. You know, it's sort of like, sounds like a good thing. And then you're like, yeah, I got a hat. So. Yeah, well, the, the cool thing on the other side, it's 15 years later and uh, you make your living partially knowing the inner mysteries and workings of Google, or at least trying to divine them. I know it's, it's, it's half black magic and half science, but, um, you know, it's not like you did it and then moved on to something else in life. You've stuck with it. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, you know, it, Google is you know, the center of all of our lives in many ways nowadays. Yeah, so whether whether we like it or not. Well, let's take yeah. a minute just for the, the listeners to learn a little bit about Accountable Digital. Just for a moment, just share what is Accountable Digital? Who, you know, what do you guys do and who do you do it for? Sure. So um, Accountable Digital is um, the easiest way to think about it is a digital marketing agency. So we help clients focus, you know, do digital marketing efforts to help drive business results. And that's the whole part of the accountable word in the, in the name is that um, I spent... Oh, I don't know, you know, years and years in the advertising industry and got involved in the technology side very early on. And I found that everybody in the Internet space talked about really cool technology or the latest fad, you know, what the latest platform and didn't focus on things like driving business results. And um, so that's what Accountable is really centered on is trying to look at what, um, you know, the business uh, that our clients have and how digital can support and drive business objectives in there. And so we, you know, we do limit ourselves to the digital world, but the digital world's pretty big nowadays. Um, and uh, really trying to look at how can we help whatever company, whether they're a, you know, a restaurant chain, a regional bank, a large B2B um, nonprofit company, um, really looking at all their different sort of things that they're trying to do and then see how can digital help their business. So that's the, that's the core of what Accountable Digital does is focus on, you know, digital marketing. And, you know, we try to 
be the experts in that so our clients can focus on their business. And we know they're the experts in what they do. So that works well together. Yeah, I'm I'm grateful you took a moment to explain the accountable. You know, I talked about it in the intro, just saying I, there's something about your brand that I, that I love. And for the listeners' uh, sake, you know, you and I have worked together. We work together now. Uh, there's a there's one of my clients that, that you were able to come in and help us with some digital marketing. But one of the things that I found captivating, I guess, or uh, interesting about your offering uh, is this idea of being accountable. And, and I say it's remarkable only because there's just a, a plethora or plethora, I'm not sure how to say that, plethora, I guess we'll say, of digital marketing agencies across the landscape. You know, the digital marketing has become the thing. You know, you're right. You say, hey, there's uh, there's still a lot of other kind of advertising. We focus on digital. But you're right. Digital's, it's become the 800-pound gorilla. That's where most of the money goes. But I found with a lot of digital marketing agencies that, you know, they're they're big on the buzzwords. They're big on the ad spend. But there's not a lot of accountability for results. It's kind of like the old advertising model. Just, you know, you got to get that brand awareness. You put stuff out there. But at the end of the day, you know, we can't really control the outcome. And uh, one of the beauties of digital marketing is we can measure and absolutely create funnels and, and uh, have influence over outcomes. So I love that position that you offered. Peter, how long have you, how long have you been, you know, you founded this company, but like how long have you been in business? Yeah, so Accountable Digital um, was originally started as P-Squared Digital for Peter Platt, um, but um, P-Squared was hard for people to spell, but I've had it for eight years now. So okay. been in this space a long time and actually, um, you know, just tying off of what you were just talking about, when I, um, a long time ago, actually, just before I um, started Accountable Digital, I had been working with a client. I was doing some work for Bausch and Laum, and um, we were running digital campaigns for them. And I remember having a conversation with a marketing director over there who said, "You know, we, um, you know, he's like, we're going to spend more on TV." And I'm like, "Well, why would you spend money on TV? You can't track it. You know, digital's got all this great tracking stuff and." You know, right. information that's really helpful. And uh, he said to me, because when I run TV ads, sales go up. And I was like, oh, I was talking <laughs> about impressions and clicks. I should talk about sales. <laughs> that's what clients need. And so we ended up doing a really fun test program where we took three geographies where they, one where they were running TV and two where they weren't. And we were able to show that sales picked up in the markets where we ran digital. Uh, TV had an even greater bump when it was combined. But it was a really interesting test to kind of show like, oh, you know, banner ads, things like that, that, um, you know, nobody ever admits to clicking on a banner ad. Um, and not that many people do, but it builds awareness and presence similar to what TV does. And so you have to be smarter about your metrics and marketing. You have to, you know, do time time, you know, slicing in your campaigns and things like that to kind of be able to show the results. But it's really important that we, you know, even as a digital guy, you know, I don't look just for, oh, I ran an ad, they clicked on the ad and they purchased. Um, people act differently than that. So we need to take the human side of things in. But at the end of the day, if we're not looking at our client's bottom line, we're not doing what we should be. Yeah, it's a good point. It's like, what problem am I really solving? Yeah, you can get like like uh, we ran the design agency back in the day. It was like well, we're, we created a beautiful website, but that's 
that's not what the client needed. You know, the client wanted sales. They wanted brand recognition. There are these different things that they're trying to accomplish. Uh, so you got to ask yourself, what problem are you solving? And that's that, <laughs> that's that insight that you had about sales. Tell me yeah. something. So you started, you've been in the agency world for a long time. Now you're a business owner. Tell me a little bit about that journey from going uh, agency to being in business for yourself. What was that all about? Sure. So I um, you know, I got started out very early on in this digital space. So um, when I was with Saatchi and Saatchi in 1993, I was um, part of the team that built the very first DuPont.com website. So that was ancient history in internet years. It was actually the year before Al Gore invented the internet. So, um, <laughs> you know, slightly ahead of that. And, you get uh, bonus points for that. That's great. <laughs> So, um, but we, um, you know, so I, I got into that space very early on, was in agencies, um, you know, up until um, I started Accountable Digital in 2011, where we really um, were, um, I was working on it and I'd go in and, you know, we'd talk about technology, we'd talk about creative, but we really didn't focus enough on the sales side. And so I, um, I worked in a, large uh, media firm where I was handling the planning and buying of a lot of digital media, but wow, I couldn't, you know, tie it back to the results and stuff. And so um, I then went on to a direct marketing firm because I felt like, oh, they they get the data side. <laughs> um, and so putting those two together, I realized there's sort of this missing place out there of um People who aren't focused on the technology side or, you know, aren't focused on the business side. And so it, it prompted me to say, you know, I think there, somebody's got to be out there telling a different story. Um, we need to look at this as, you know, a business tool. How does that work? And so um, I had been with the direct marketing agency over the couple of years. And I, um, I went to the owners and I said, you know, I'm having a great time here. But I'm not necessarily making you money. Um, they, it didn't align perfectly with their business. And I said, here's what I want to do. Um, and I think I want to go out and do this on my own. I'd love to keep working for you guys. I'd like to do some work for a few others. <laughs> and um, so that was the, the process. It was sort of the the fit in the companies I was at was like, well, this isn't, you know, it, it was close, but it didn't quite jive with historical business approaches with, you know, when I think about Saatchi and Saatchi, you know, we had to control everything. We had, you know, the creative department, the video department, the, you know, all those different things. So the solutions were always um, tied to what services we had as opposed to what the client's needs were. And so I really got this strong feeling after, you know, a lot of years of being in this business that there was a different approach that could be taken. And so I started out like most people. Um, you know, I went down to uh, the, the city hall, got myself a DBA and uh, set up a shingle out of the back of my house. Um, I had, you know, kind of left um, the agency world I'd been part of. I did that for two months and got sucked into another agency for a little while to help run their digital business thinking, oh, well, hey, here's a platform where I can start to do what I'm trying to do, seemed to make sense. And after about six or eight months, found, no, that's not, the, the visions were different. And so, um, you know, at the 
about nine months into that, I said, you know, time to go back out, really focus on this on my own. Um, and so I started, you know, um, sort of as a consultancy, just one person, you know, I'll, I'll help out a few people. And um, over the next two years, started picking up more clients, um, moved out of my house because I, uh, I like working at home, but I found that I got distracted at home. You know, there's something about, you know, putting on a dress <laughs> shirt and going to work that makes you work a little more. <laughs> so, um, so I, um, I moved into, you know, individual office suite space. Um, and then I started hiring people and you know, hired one or two and get more offices and then eventually had some space built up for us. So it's, it's been a, an interesting transition over the years because it's sort of, I'll start this on my own, do what I can. Um, I've had some good word of mouth, been around the space for a long time, and then over the years started growing it, and now have eight full-time people, and um, you know, it's it's a lot of fun. Well, that's interesting. I I find, you know, you talk to entrepreneurs, you hear various stories. Some entrepreneurs just they chafed at the idea of working for someone else. I want to be my own boss. You know, I want to. I want to be free. That's one of the stories I hear. You know, another one might be it's a it's a generational. You know, my parents or my grandparents had this business, and I always thought it was interesting. You know, so I was excited to take my turn at the helm. What you're saying, if I'm inferring correctly, is you saw a need in the marketplace, and as a technician, as an expert, it was bothering you that you couldn't get at it the right way. Like you wanted, it wasn't so much that you didn't want to have a boss, but you wanted to be able to execute your work in a certain way that wasn't possible. How, how, is that is that accurate? Would you say yeah, that's... Yeah, I think that that's very accurate. It was, you know, this this industry, you know, honestly is still nascent. <laughs> and, yeah. you know, and it's evolving and things like that. But it's having worked in it for so many years, seeing different approaches, working with a lot of different organizations and stuff, that that is really it. I got to a place where I was like, you know, there's there needs to be a different approach. And it doesn't necessarily fit into an existing business structure. Um, you know, media firms that have traditionally charged just um, commission on media to pay their bills. Um, the the metrics, the things you need to do in digital are, you know, it's a different business model. Um, in different sort of agency models and things like that, the where the value is, what the opportunity is, it just, it didn't seem to fit with any of the places sure. that I had been. And, you know, there was some, uh, some, you know, inherent part of me that wanted to be an entrepreneur, I think, that said, yeah, mm -hmm. I, um, I, I've never, um, been confused in the idea that you don't, um, really work for yourself no matter what you you always work <laughs> how for many them. bosses do you have now <laughs> <laughs> yeah whoever's paying me you know that's uh, you know i i have you know my external bosses the um you know my clients and then i have my internal bosses the seven people that work for me um because i sure. you know i take all that very seriously so it's a um you know the the idea that you get to be completely flexible and do what you want well um that's not the case. You you have to do what what works for your clients, what's important for them, um, at the time frames that work for them, and things like that. So you know, if you want to take a week's vacation, but a client's doing some big rollout that week, you need to make those adjustments. And that's not, you know, 
You don't just get to decide, hey, I won't be there next week. Um, you have to work with it. <laughs> Peter, what was that first conversation like when you sat down with the owners to say, hey, this is what I want to do, and I think I want to do it on my own, and you pitched them on and let me contract with you? I mean, do, it, was that a difficult conversation to have? I guess it would depend on the culture and the people involved, but was that a tough one to uh, do, or was it very natural to just sit down and have that conversation? It, it was interesting, and it was a um, it was a couple conversations, so it, it didn't happen all at once. But it, um, you know, the I was in an executive management position at that company, so I, you know, I was in with the other eight or ten people who were, you know, kind of helping set direction for the future, and we were we were really looking at planning for the following year, and um, <coughs> I. Um, I had um so probably you know October November time frame I was looking at what I'd been doing for the company where we'd had success what was going on I I spoke at six trade shows that year I was in Los Angeles and Phoenix and New York and you know I was getting the word out there things were going well but the business really wasn't ready to support what we were doing what I'd been doing what I'd been promoting and we didn't have the right set of clients to get there. So um, I went to the two owners and I said, hey, you know, here's what I'm thinking about for next year. Here's some different ways we can approach what I've been doing, how I fit in, what that does. And um, I, you know, kind of presented them with ideas for here's what our um, back then, the 2011 ideas for how digital could be fully integrated into that business. And um I, you know, between you and I, it was a weak proposal. <laughs> it was not, it was, it was, you know, it would have generated some revenue, it would have been fine, but it was not um, the big grand scheme. And so, you Did know, you know that, did you know that going into the conversation? You mean in retrospect? Yep. No, I, I knew it going in. Oh, gotcha, um, gotcha. But what I needed to do was kind of say, hey, I'm, I'm on the team, here's some ideas. And then, you know, a month or so later, I sat down with one of the two partners and he's like, you know, I see what you're talking about here, but I really don't think that's going to work. And I said, I know it's not. I told you that a month ago, but I needed, uh, you know, I need you to get there, too. <laughs> um, I needed okay, sure. them to get there. And so when it, it came time, they're like, OK, yeah, this this doesn't, you know. We love what you're doing, Peter. It's, it's a great little piece of business here. We'd love to keep those pieces going where we've had some success with clients, but it doesn't make sense to keep you here full time to build out a staff for that to to kind of get there because it just again the client base that they had was not you know we had some good opportunities, but it really wasn't aligned with what my vision where we were headed, and sure. so. It, you know, again, took a couple months to get through, but when it was time, it was like, okay, cool. I'm going to, you know, we, we parted amicably. I continued to do work for them for the first two years of my business, um, where there were different projects that fit in and they'd call me here and there. And it, um, so it, it was kind of nice because it actually, um, gave me a starting base. That's always the, you know, the big challenge of the entrepreneur, Little security. right? Yeah. It's like, yeah. oh, I need something to get paid for. <laughs> so, um, it, you know, that was, that was nice out there and things like that. But it, um, it, it was a, you know, thoughtful conversation. It was funny. I actually, um, 
one of the speeches I did that year, I was in Phoenix. Um, this was December 2010. And um, I did a speech which was about, honestly, the foundation of Accountable Digital, where I told that story about TV driving sales and, you know, told everybody you need to pay attention. It's actually, if you're ever bored, go to YouTube and search for Peter Platt Rant. Um, and for those of you who know me, I mean, Mike, you know me, um, I'm not a ranter. But No, you're not uh, a ranter at all. Um, Goodness, I, I'm in, I have to, I feel like pausing the interview so I can go yeah. watch so, it. <laughs> you know, it's a, it was five minutes right after lunch, 400 people in the room. It was um it was not my greatest speech ever, but it was a, you know, it was kind of how to get people ramped back up after, um, you know, after lunch at a conference and get people thinking. And, um, but it was, it was that foundation of what, you know, this idea that, wow, digital needs to drive sales if you're going to do it. I mean, it's marketing, right? And it, it surprises me how quickly people forget what marketing's goal yeah. is. You know, we, yeah, we're here to help clients be more successful. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's it's surprising. In addition, that how many practitioners, whether it's digital marketing, branding, whatever they're doing, lose sight of their over or underlying reason for what they're doing. We get so caught up in the details. We're experts. You get lost in the weeds. And maybe that's true for every profession. But it's like you got to step back and ask the question, like, why are we doing this? What I love about your story a minute, a moment ago is that you collaborated with those owners on a solution. Like you, you really gave them time to kind of let it sink in, to think through it. And you guys came together and worked out a way forward that sounds like was good for everybody. Because you could have, I mean, some people it's like, I can't wait to quit. You know, I'm going to go in and let them know I'm, I'm starting my own business. I'm out of here. Or some people might try to, you know, pitch this concept, manipulate them, try to try to get something from them. But you put it out there and gave them time to work through it. And it sounds like you collaborated. And I love that. I think collaborative solutions are fantastic. Sometimes you have to have somebody just make a decision. Yep. And clearly you knew what you wanted. It wasn't like you were open for any option. Right. But you let them work through it with you. And I think that's really powerful. Yeah, it, it, it seemed to work out. And it's, you know, it's honestly the approach I have with all my clients today and things like that. You know, we've we're always structuring things that, you know, work well for both sides. That's, you know, it, every, every engagement, you know, you need to do, you, every, you should both come out ahead, right? You know, it's right. that. Right. That's, that's value and wealth creation. Yeah. That's the, you know, everybody's getting ahead. Let me ask you a question. So you've been in business for a handful of years, as you just say, eight or nine years? Uh, eight years so far. Eight years. Yeah. So eight years, good, good amount of time. Like what has been your biggest challenge or problem with either owning the business or, or running the business, you just, you know, what, what do you find the most difficult or, or it doesn't have to be even today, just in the last eight years, what's been the most difficult? Um, so, you know, the, the, you know, I created this vision, right. And I, um, I would say for the first probably four years, um, I kept, 99% of what the business was doing in my head. Um, I had, you know, I had some staff who was helping me and things like that. Some, you know, some people who've grown into very talented people here now. So I'm thrilled by that. But for a long time, you know, if you wanted to know how to do accountable digital, you had to pry it out of my head. <laughs> um, and so that idea of how do I really, 
get this message across. It, you know, the, the concept of being accountable, pretty straightforward. Um, how you do it, what you do, how to get the processes, how to get them repeatable, all that kind of stuff. That's probably been the biggest challenge is really, you know, um, I've, I've hired people with, you know, 15 years experience, brought them in, and oh, it's not quite a fit because they're used to doing things other ways from different side of the industry, you know, from traditional agency side. I've brought people in who had more what I'll call technical digital experience, but they didn't get the marketing side. And so trying to find the team who um, can get behind the vision and grow that team and be consistent with it and you know, all that kind of stuff. That's probably the biggest challenge I I think that, you know, Accountable is facing, that I face is sort of like, okay, how do I nurture and grow the staff, nurture and grow, you know, the clients um, and get away from this being, you know, Peter Platt as a business. Um, yeah. And, the classic, how do I work on the business versus in the business? Yeah. And so that, that was you know, kind of one of the other underlying things besides the fact that people couldn't spell P squared um, was I sure, didn't so want it to be about Peter Platt. Um, I wanted it to be mm. about driving business results for clients. And sure. so that's that's probably the biggest ongoing challenge. You know, the, the passion an entrepreneur has for the business is it's hard to instill in your team. <laughs> um, you know, they don't have all the same things to step into. Um, so it's, um, you know, everybody likes it, wants to be part of it, but that, um, you know, waking up at 2 a.m., that's uh, that's the entrepreneur's job, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Hey, my guest today is Peter Platt. He is the president and founder of Accountable Digital. You can follow Peter. You just connect with him on LinkedIn. Just uh, look for Peter Platt, P-L-A-T-T on LinkedIn. And if you reach out to a message, let him know that you heard about him on The Currency. He is more likely to accept your invitation than not. So guys, stick around. We're going to just take a quick break and be back with more with Peter Platt. Guys, I hope you're enjoying today's show. We're going to get right back to our guest in just a moment. But before we do that, I want to invite you to check something out that I'm really proud of. It's called Communique. Communique is my premium newsletter for anyone involved in marketing. So if you're an entrepreneur, an executive, a consultant, a freelancer, a creative agency owner, and yes, even a marketing professional, if you do marketing on behalf of your organization or on behalf of your clients, then you're going to want to take a look at this newsletter. Now, it's weekly. Once a week, I send this thing out. And in it, I take my 25 years of marketing and branding experience working with companies like Fisher Price Toys, Bird's Eye Foods, Wegmans Food Markets, Honeywell, Constellation Brands, and a host of others. I distill all that down to provide insight. Each week, you're going to get a deep, thoughtful insight piece, a bunch of links, some commentary on news. But essentially, you're going to be able to, over time, transform the way that you understand and conduct your marketing. It's going to make you a more effective marketer. There's a lot of marketing noise out there. You can get marketing tutorials and listicles and little 500-word how-to pieces. You can even find promotional emails to try to upsell you or get you hyped about the latest marketing buzz. Communicate is none of that. I want to go deep. That's where the change happens, and that's where the wealth is created. So do me a favor. If you want to read more, just check it out. You can go to MikeGaston.com forward slash newsletter. That's MikeGaston, G-A-S-T-I-N.com 
forward slash newsletter. You can read all about it. And guess what? You can even subscribe right there. And you know what? A subscription costs less than the price of a cup of coffee. That's right. I'm really proud to share this level of value for less than the price of a cup of coffee a week. So do me a favor, check it out, sign up. I know that you won't be disappointed, but if for any reason you're not happy, well, Communicate is covered by 100% satisfaction guaranteed. Now there's a sales pitch. Please take a moment, go check it out, subscribe to Communicate. You'll be glad you did. Now let's get back to today's show. And we're back. My guest today is Peter Platt, the founder and president of Accountable Digital. Welcome back, Peter. I love the answer you just gave a few minutes ago about uh, you know realizing that you needed to get your vision, your strategy, the culture, what is Accountable Digital out of your head and, and into the company. And I know that's an ongoing process. It just kind of raises a question for me. You know, you started in your home as a consultant. I work out of my home as a consultant. I kind of love it. The only downside is I find it's hard to stop working because you're always at the office. But um, making that transition from a one-man band, the vision, everything in your mind, now you've got staff, you're trying to inculcate them with culture and all that type of thing. How has your philosophy changed or has it changed about business itself? Like when it's just you, uh, you know, like you take the lunch break you want to take, like it's just different when it's just you. How do you treat now having a company of people? You know, do you have freelancers? Like, how do you, how did you construct the company? Has your philosophy changed towards what it looks like to run a business? Yeah, not the nature of the business itself has changed. Great, yeah, I, great question, and I think it's um, you know it's that that idea of you know going from you know employee to business owner to you know entrepreneur. What is, what does that mean? You know, I think a lot of people get started because they're really good at something. You know, I did a lot of digital marketing, so I was really good at that. But, you know, becoming an entrepreneur, you really need to focus on growing a business. And to me, you know, businesses do things like they pay taxes. Um, they, um, you know, you have office space to work in, you have, um, you know, set hours, all that kind of stuff. And so, that was one of the things that I sort of believed, and I, I, I give credit to my father. I think he raised me. He was a physician, and back in the old days, you know, physicians were all independent contractors in essence. Right. They started their own business, sure. but um, I, I had from him this idea that oh, you know, a business should pay for health insurance for their employees. And so um, I committed to that early on. And every full-time employee here has full single-person health insurance. And, you know, that's been wow. um, a steep hill the last few years. <laughs> but at this, And it, it gets steeper every yeah. year. I mean, the, the, the increases are double-digit every year percentage-wise. Yeah, but it's, to me, something that I look at. So I, you know, I... Uh, I do factor it into salaries when I'm talking about people about jobs and promotions and you know hiring people, and so yes, we're sure. we're accounting for that. But it is something that I feel like as a business, I should provide for my employees. You know, I want to take a responsibility. Yeah. and so um, you know, it's it's single person health insurance. I'm going to cover the person who works for me, and if they want to expand it out, they can pay the difference to get family plans and things like that. But it's um, it is it's part of to me what you know a business does 
as opposed to a consultancy is oh. So let me let me ask sure, you. Let me just push a little bit though. Why why do you believe that? I mean, I like it. I like what you're saying. Why do you believe that the business should be that responsible? Uh, well, I I think that you know the the part of running a business and having employees is you know I the outlook for their lives and what they need to do and you know it's it's hard i think of when i was 21 years old and going out into the workforce you know i wasn't thinking about retirement plans i wasn't thinking about my health insurance i was a healthy guy right <laughs> you know um the yeah. stuff you don't <laughs> think about well as a business owner if you kind of come in and say hey by the way you get health insurance um I will tell you, a lot of people opt out till they're 26, and their parent have to come off their parents now. But um, and I give them credit if they do opt out. But um, you know, that to me was sort of um, part of a job is you know having some of the things in life that you need taken care of. And so, health insurance was one of those things. And it's it's a um, confusing space and gets more confusing every year. But the um, that opportunity to really to give people that stable foundation that, um, you know, honestly, I think of in our parents' day was what companies did. Um, that's the kind of thing that I think um, a truly successful business is not just measured by bottom line profits, but it's measured by how the staff is treated, how the company works together, how, you know, how people feel. So that that accountability is a 360 accountable. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like, you know, I'm just reading into it, but it sounds like you're accountable towards your employees. They're, they're not necessarily giving you a rating every day, but you're saying I'm taking responsibility as a business owner to make sure that you're able to care for yourselves in a way that lets you thrive. Yep. This isn't just a one-way street. Exactly. Does that make it harder for you to compete in the marketplace as, as companies cut more and more? And, you know, I'll say the cost of living, I don't mean like the economic data point, but like the cost of acquiring things like health care rises. Is it making it harder for you to compete? Um, it does, but it also is, you know, if you build it into your foundation, um, that's, you know, I've, one of the critical components to entrepreneurship, to business kind of is like, well, what are my costs? Um, if you, um, I, you know, I can go back to the very first year that I started, right? And I said, oh, if I'm, you know, I can, you know, we'll pick a random number. I, you know, there's 2,000 hours in a year if you work as a 40-hour-a-week employee, right? Give or take. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. so um, when I was thinking about that as an entrepreneur, I said, well, let's say I can bill half of my time. You know, that's because I've got to do sales. I've got to manage the business, stuff like that. That says, well, if I charge $50 an hour and I can sell a 1,000 hours in a year, I can make $50,000, right? <laughs> um, pretty simple right. math. And so if you start to add employees and say, oh, well, you know, if I have to pay them and they have to have health insurance, you know, I don't look at somebody with a $35,000 salary and go, oh, they, yeah, that's what that cost me per year. It's, oh, no, they cost me 42, 45, um, depending upon which benefits you add on top and things like that. And sure. so as long as you plan at that level, it, it, it can work. And it, um, you know, there are, 
companies out there um, who are offering the benefits. So if you just do this as an individual and you're going to um, pay freelance people or something like that, um, that can be a good way to, you know, get started as a foundational business. But it, it is masking some of the costs and passing the costs on to your employees. You know, if you if you hire a freelancer and say, well, you pay your taxes, um, well, you know, you're you're kind of passing on that cost to them, and so they need to charge you more. And it, it's all got to right. get paid somewhere. <laughs> so um, that's right. Yeah, and just for the folks listening that that may not know the agency business, Peter and I both come from this world. It's it's a classic model where an agency will put its brand out there. You might have the principals, these big you know people with names that are the face of the company, but on the back end of the business, they may have full time employees, but they might hire freelancers, people that they pay as a ten ninety nine to do a lot of the work. So they might manage this team of freelancers. They're not paying uh, this, the um, the FICA, the income tax, that type of thing. They're not paying healthcare benefits. Uh, and then they don't have the burden of making payroll. They're just paying people for the actual work that they do versus payroll every every week or two weeks. So that's that's what Peter's talking about uh, when he talks about freelancers. And it's pretty common, isn't it? I've seen it a lot. Yeah, I, there's a lot of businesses that work with those models, at least to get started. Um, you know, the the downside to freelancers is they're not also beholden to you. They are, you know. They're not necessarily right. accountable. And so, you know, <laughs> yeah. that. They want to go skiing. Uh, they're going to go skiing just because they've got exactly. that freedom. And so, you know, that it is part of the, the mix you need to think about. And so that that's that idea of that sort of transition from consultancy to business. Sure. Um, I actually, I'm I'm not a huge business book reader, but I did when I got started off, somebody introduced me to the E-Myth Revisited book. I was going to ask you about that a, a little while ago when you're talking about working on your business. So you did yeah, read that. Yeah, that's, that's the one business book. Michael Gerber. Yeah, I, I read that. I, um, I look back at it every couple of years. I mean, one of the things I did early on was I did that, make an org chart with put your name in every spot. <laughs> and, you know, kind of think through what's the vision of the business, um, defining the processes. Um, I never intended to become a franchise business, which is what a, that book tends to focus a lot on. But sure, sure. there were some really good principles in there that helped me kind of think about the business more holistically um, and recognize that if I'm, you know, I'm the owner, I'm not... You know, if I'm going to try and build 2,000 hours a year, well, I got to find another 2,000 hours hours a year to do the business, and I don't know where that's coming right. from. So, um, you know, that was that balance to sort of think through. Oh, what can I do? How's it going to go? You have to figure that all out ahead of time and on the fly. <laughs> yeah, I think I think one of the things that struck me as you were explaining how you went about it is the fact that you spent the time to do the the back of the napkin math to make sure that the model worked. Meaning, yeah, I know how much I can charge on my own as a consultant, but if I'm going to start staffing up, you know, I, I have to make more, let's say I pay somebody $50,000 to join my team. Well, that's salary. Then there's uh, 15% on top of that for income tax and all that jazz. Then there's benefits. And, and I can't just break even. Like I have to have a bigger workspace. I have to have equipment. So I have to make a multiple of their salary. So you did all the legwork figuring out ahead of time if I want to be able to bring these people on and pay them fairly and take care of them, let them thrive, then I know going into this what I need to make with a client. I think that really, that's the smart piece. It's one thing to say I really want to do right by my people 
And I think I was kind of guilty of that with my business when I had the agency. I, I wanted to do right by everybody, but I didn't love the math part. I do now, but I didn't back then. And so I just thought, well, I'll just sell a lot and I'll overcome any. I didn't bother. And as I matured as a business person, I realized you've got to do the math because if the math doesn't work, you're just you're killing yourself. And um, it was a very eye-opening exercise. It really helped me get buttoned down. So I think that's great advice yeah, for and- you. What's, um, uh, I was just going to finish ahead. off, you know, that e-myth, the three, the sides of the business, you know, the person who is great at what the business offers, the person who's good at managing the business, and the person who's outselling. Those are sort of the three people you need to be. And, you know, that takes your hours and divides them by three. Um, and so you yeah. have to think about that. Yeah. And that's really, um, it is important in order to keep that foundation and keep that growth. Um if you were to look back over the last eight years, what are you most proud of? I mean, I think we're touching on the fact that you've built this business that, that treats employees fairly, but is there something as an entrepreneur that you're most proud of over the last close to a decade? Yeah, now? I mean, I obviously the eight years, you know, I think, you know, year one is a milestone for people, right? I got through a year. I paid my mortgage. <laughs> that's, um, right. that's what everybody does the first year, right? <laughs> you know, did I make any money? Um, you know, I got through a couple yeah. of years where we were a nonprofit organization. I didn't intend it to be, but that's how it worked out. Right. <laughs> you know, and uh, so I think it's um, probably I, I'm most proud of is was that time. And it was about two years ago that we did the shift from P-squared to Accountable Digital. Um, it was really the recognition and definition of that delivery and really, you know, having had five years of kind of foundational work, um, really being able to transition it to that next level to where um, it's not all about me anymore. Um, it's having the team, having other people who can really step up, um, seeing people grow up um, as much as they have. My I have two people helping me, you know, really run the business now that have been with me for five years, um, well, four and a half and five. Wow. And they, um, they grew into it. They've expanded and seeing their skill sets where that's grown, um, is, you know, feels great to me. I love to see that, see that opportunity and see the potential to give them the opportunity to help grow the business and where that goes. Um, so I think that's sort of the, um, the big success for me has been the fact that this this thing that started as an idea, the my rant on YouTube, um, to um, a business that can pay people is growing, uh, delivers results for clients first and foremost, um, has um, has evolved, and I'm I'm thrilled by that. Um, do I wish my processes were better def- identified? Yes, I do. Do I wish I had everything perfectly running smoothly? Sure. But um, so it's still growing. Um, I don't think it'll ever stop. Um, That's part of what I love. That's why I do digital, honestly, is that, you know, when when I started in this industry, um, Google didn't exist. Um, Wish I'd started that one. (laughs) 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 Yeah. I I mean, I just wish I bought stock. (laughs) There you go. But, you know, I I look at it and, you know, there's, there's lots of great case studies of, you know, People who have, you know, shot the moon, you know, had great success in the Internet space. And I would say I've been a more slow burn, you know, kind of growing. But that larger, solid foundation that I built is really rewarding for me. And 
thrilled that I get to share it with my team and have them grow and, you know, really have an opportunity to learn from them too. It's been really great. That's awesome. It's good to hear when somebody is, you know, satisfied. I, I, I can hear that you want to keep growing, that you want to accomplish more, but it's also pleasing to hear someone say, you know, I'm looking at what I've built so far and I, I'm grateful. You know, I like what I see. Let's shift gears for a second. You know, I want to, I, I would be remiss if I didn't at least ask one question around your expertise. And we're getting close to wrapping up the interview today. And I, for, for the listeners, people that own businesses, people that are involved in executive decisions and involved in marketing, do you have some advice for folks on how to go about because uh, finding a good digital marketing partner? And I ask this because as a consultant, a marketing strategist and a brand strategist, I, you know, clients, I'm often helping them try to find or evaluate vendors in the digital marketing space. And it's a very painful, frustrating process for clients. They, you know, they don't understand how it all works. These proposals are big, uh, lots of splashy. We're going to put you on Instagram. We're going to do all this stuff for you. But in the day, they they're left, in my experience and observation, feeling like I'm not sure what I'm getting for this. Like I know you're going to do a lot of activity. I don't know how this. Like I know I need to be doing things, but I don't really understand it. So, do you have a piece of advice? Like how do people go about finding good? I mean, they can just pick up the phone and call Accountable Digital, obviously, and they can get the best. But how do people go about finding good digital marketing partners? You, you stole my intro line there. The that was what I was going to say. No, no. Oh, um, sorry. <laughs> I, I think the um, probably the 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 biggest thing that I encourage people to do is um, you need to really. Um, Try to get some level of understanding and take your personal bias out of it. You know, I've, I talk to people all the time. So, well, I'm not on Snapchat, so it's a bad place. <laughs> um, no, Snapchat's a good place, oh, but you need sure, to understand sure. where and how, understand how it applies, and take some time to think about your business and what's important. I will tell you that, you know, a lot of the campaigns we do, a lot of the client work we do does start with um, Google ads, you know, running ads on, you know, keywords. People are searching for what you do or sell. Um, honestly, in the advertising world, that's a huge opportunity, right? <laughs> yeah. I'm getting in front of somebody who's yeah. searching for mattresses, right? Wow, they just went into Google and typed mattress. I can send an email to all the houses in town that have been newly bought, and maybe they need new mattresses, but a lot of people move their own. But somebody typing that in um, is a huge opportunity. They're in a buying and mode. And so um, yeah. doing that, you know, kind of thinking about Google search is often a foundational piece that we look at. And I will tell you that every single time I talk to somebody about um, what they want from the search engine, they say, I want to be number one on Google. And I say, well, what do you want to yeah. be number one for? Oh, I want to be number one for X, Y, Z, whatever that happens to be. And um, I say, oh, so what comes up when you search for that? And they say, well, I don't know. Like, Google's free, right, <laughs> you know, to search. Um, yeah. And it does adjust yeah. based on your search habits or some caveats to that. But um, I tell people all the time, you know, the – the best way to know who's bidding on that keyword, go search for it. Um, if you want to see what others are doing. Um, so I think that um, 
understanding a platform, trying to take away your personal bias. You know, I I have lots of discussions with people who say nobody clicks on banner ads, and I'm the first one to agree with them. I say, but they don't click on billboards too. But you remember the billboard you drove by today? Yeah. I see them. <laughs> And I often, you know, we run banner ad campaigns and suddenly search traffic goes up because, oh, I saw the brand. I went and searched for it. (laughs) So um, thinking it through, understanding what you're doing, um, avoiding the fads, Um, you know, your your digital agency should, um, I, I like to tell our clients all the time, we spend our time being bleeding edge so we can help our clients be leading edge. So I am paying attention to everything. Yeah, I have a Snapchat account. I have an Instagram account. I'm playing with TikTok. Um, all, <laughs> all the, you know, the things that are new or new-ish or, you know, evolving as ad platforms. I'm studying that. I spend time doing that. It's probably not a great idea for one of my clients to say, hey, we want to jump in here full on. Let's test it and let's see what the right thing. So making smart decisions about sure. it and then always keeping your business objectives in mind. You know, if somebody comes in and just wants to sell you clicks, um, they're probably not looking at what your business objectives are, unless they're Google, because Google sells clicks and they make a lot of money doing that. But pretty much everybody else has other business to right. sell. And so, you know, other things. And so you want to take that step back. And when somebody's talking to you about, you know, cool new tools, um, great new, um, you know, click rates and things like that, um, you know, we'll get you to number one on Google. That's probably not the answer. What you want is I want more people from Google, Bing, Yahoo, whoever, to come to my site and do business with me. What I'm hearing, I just want to recap it just to make sure I'm hearing it correctly, is Remove your personal uh, subjective feelings about whatever platform. Don't get hung up on fads, but instead think about your digital marketing as it relates specifically to your business objectives. And then you should be holding, if someone's giving you a proposal, you should evaluate the proposal against the business objectives. And if that's not obvious how it connects, you should ask that submitter, that vendor, hey, how does this help me do X, Y, and Z? And if they cannot explain how they get you from here to X, Y, and Z, that should be a red flag. Yeah. The, 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 the person providing the proposal should help you understand how what they do connects to your business exactly. objectives. You know, there, there's always some responsibility on the, on the client to be involved in that too. But, you know, having those conversations, thinking deeply, um, and recognizing what the limitations and opportunities are. Um, just one other quick side story. Um, I worked with a client um, that made a medical device, a glucometer, um, which is what, if you have diabetes, you use to test your blood. Um, everybody oh, sure. in the world mm-hmm. who has diabetes refers to that as their sugar meter um, because that's what they test for. <laughs> um, now, on their website, as a medical device manufacturer, they can't call it a sugar meter um, because that's just <laughs> it's you know, heavily, it's heavily regulated industry it's too. A, they have to like be careful. glucose meter, you know those kinds of things. So um, that's a case where there's no way you're ever going to optimize for a sugar meter because that's not what you should call it professionally. 
But that's something you can bid on in paid search and drive traffic to your Glucometer page. Because right, people are using that and phrase. And so, yeah, you know, that's yeah. the idea of like, oh, let me look a little deeper. If I just want to buy the word diabetes, well, when I look at diabetes, I see the American Diabetes Foundation. I see Wikipedia. I always see Wikipedia first. Um, you know, that those kinds of things are out there. So, oh, how do I hone into the people who are actually searching for my business? Because... Digital marketing can be a really great way to spend a lot of money that drives no results. So you need to pay attention to what those results are. Peter, it's fantastic advice. Thank you for sharing that. I think actionable, you know, it really equips people to to kind of sift through the chaff to find the wheat. So one final question before we wrap up here. If you were to look back over your entrepreneurial experience, your victories, your, your struggles, what is the one piece of advice you would give someone that wants to get into business or someone that's in the early stage of their entrepreneurial career? Um, I, uh, the most important fact, we talked a little about this, you know, whether it's knowing the numbers or building a plan or whatever that is, um, you know, that that's a critical thing to do early on and every day going forward. Um, you know, really, um, I got some great advice when I started my business. I said, oh, you know, one of the first things I want to do is hire a bookkeeper. And somebody who ran a business said to me, um, don't let go of the numbers. <laughs> you know, pay attention to the numbers. So, you know, hire somebody else doing something else first, but, you know, keep a hold on this. Make the bank deposit yourself, whatever it happens to be that, you know, is your way to keep an eye on the numbers. So I think that idea of really... Um, planning, recognize that you don't have um, 100% of the time to do the business that you want to do. You have to run that business. And so planning for that, setting time aside for that, making that a priority. You know, when the client's calling, I want to turn around what they want right away. But I also need to keep an eye on running the business. Guys, my guest today has been Peter Platt. Peter, thank you so much for joining us. And folks, If you want to check Peter out, you can go to their website, his website, which is accountabledigital.com. Or if you'd like to connect with Peter personally, you can do that on LinkedIn. Just search for Peter Platt, P-L-A-T-T, and make sure to mention that you heard about him here on The Currency uh, to get connected with Peter. Peter, thanks for being such a great guest and for sharing your experiences with us today. Thank you, Mike. Always here, love to share this idea. It's been a great experience. Um, you know, entrepreneur is not for um, the week. It, it, it is work. You have to work hard at it, but it's a lot of fun too. <laughs> so uh, hope this was helpful advice for people. And again, as Mike said, reach out on LinkedIn. Um, if you give me a good reason, I'd love to connect with people <laughs> to see who's out there. But I, I do get a lot of requests. So sure. um, mentioning the currency will definitely help me uh, pay attention and get connected. And I'd love to be here for other people if they need have questions very cool guys again thanks so much for your time if you want to connect with me as well you can find me on linkedin Uh, connect with both of us just look for mike gaston you can also hit my website mikegaston.com or follow me on twitter at you guessed it mike gaston guys uh, i love you all and i'll catch you in the next episode